Hey, I'm Ethan. Hey, I'm Mike. I watched the first half of Sunset Boulevard. I watched the second half of Sunset Boulevard. And this is, is the, the other, other half. half. I'm quite lonely in this big house. I oh. wish I just had someone, some young strapping rider to come and fix up my magnum opus. What is, what is her plan? <laughs> you're not is playing she, along with the intro you're just like wait a second what about this movie i need to know more she, about it is she begging this guy i think she wants to dog but she doesn't i mean not my I guess house this is probably like haze code question right you can't have like two people having sex in a movie but... no this is in the 50s yeah this is an old this is an old movie that's true it's, it's an old timey movie black and white. yeah it's very black and white <laughs> it's not that kind of black and white movie it's, it's very black, black, black and white, white. yeah I was just so confused because the whole time everyone's just like embarrassed that he's living with her. And I'm just like, is is he like a sex worker? Like, I don't understand like what this deal here is. Is he, is he just like there to be with her? Like, it was a very confusing. Oh, so you never knew why he's there. No. Whoa. He was just living with her. And then everyone like is that. like, everyone is just like, oh. And also, he narrates the thing, which yeah. is very strange. It's like a noir. Well, yeah. But do you know how like how it ends? I do not know how it is. I guess you would. Well, I guess I kind of do because someone dies. Right. I don't know if it's him. Well, you don't know who it is. Um, could be anybody. Could be anybody. I know someone dies in a pool. Yes. Because that's how the movie starts. Interesting. This movie's really good. It's so good. It's really good. It's incredible. It was it was a movie, one of the few movies in a while where I had to walk away, do some chores, and I was like, fuck, I can't wait. I want to see what happens next. <laughs> I want to see what happens next. This is, it's written and directed by Billy Wilder, who wrote, I believe just wrote, I'm not sure if he if he also directed, uh, Some Like It Hot. Oh, really? Off the podcast. Okay. Billy Wilder was like a really famous, well-known writer-director back in the day. Interesting. And this is like... I think one of his like bigger yeah, yeah. this one is really critically allotted you know a very old it's old obviously so very a lot old. of people haven't seen it including us um a lot yeah, of people I, are I days the other way it's like people probably have seen it i feel like we're the last like the few really people. you think everyone has seen sunset boulevard possible i see a lot of people referencing it it was actually kind of hard to watch the movie because sometimes i'd see like things referenced really to other things yeah wow yeah but i almost wonder if that's just because the genre kind of the genre has been lampooned at so much at this point or kind of like you know um older person taking advantage of younger person yeah rich per person with money take using their power to exhort to it over something else yeah i feel like it's been used so often that i mean maybe you, you probably are right you probably are right that this well, is a I reference just mean straight li like like oh, lines yeah okay okay yeah, okay. like there's, there's <laughs> yeah i can't deny that yeah like there's one part where she's like i'm ready for my close-up mr deville which is oh like, wow that's from that that's movie from this movie wow uh or like one of my favorite animated movies is Cats Don't Dance, and uh, uh, the Shirley Temple character has a character named Max. Who Have you seen Cats Don't Dance? I feel like we watched it a while ago. I think we ago. might have watched yeah, might might watch it. There's a guy who's bald and has a thick accent and is always, like, cracking his, like, like knuckles who in Cats Don't Dance. And that's clearly a reference to, to Max? Max in this movie. It's, like, a direct reference to it. Wow. Um there's but that's the thing is like, like a lot of people have referenced this movie, but you know we're all referencing older movies. Other movies, yeah. I don't know if like kids these days, like Gen Z, no, you think they're true. all up on Sunset Boulevard? No, no, nobody's watching Sunset no Boulevard. No one's watching Sunset Boulevard, but they should. It's so good because it's extremely good. <laughs> I, was I was shocked. I was too. I was surprised by how like well written and like honest and well the... shot it is. Yeah, it's, it's very so well cool shot. looking. Like yeah. all the shots are so creative and smart. And yes, maybe it's a little dated in yeah. some some aspects of it, but. It, it really holds up. The storyline is really gripping. It's like watching an old Alfred Hitchcock movie and you're like, yeah, this, it feels this like is... watching Citizen Kane too. Yeah. You're like, like how... you're watching something that was the building blocks to everything else, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And so, it's new. It's like, yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I didn't, didn't know. know. I was excited to see what was going on. And yeah. I think it's cool that that actually, because it sounded at the beginning, I was worried. I was like, I don't know if you really liked this movie because you didn't get the whole premise behind it. I didn't know what was going it. on there. But that's even better because it still works, <laughs> yeah. even though you didn't know exactly what was going no, on. No, I mean, I still felt bad thing. for the guy because he seemed trapped, but I was like, does she have, like, dirt on him? Yeah, like, yeah. Is there some, like, did he, is, are they married? At first I thought they were married, and then I realized that wasn't the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was all very confusing, that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was super impressed by this film. This, this movie, 
all across the board. Mostly the writing. I was impressed by how honest the dialogue was. Like the dialogue was good. People, Even the self-narrating was like yes, really well written. People and, talk in a way that like real people talk, and it's so strange to hear that in an old timey movie. Yeah, because usually everyone's Gee whiz. Yeah, everyone's yeah. very like sure they have like idioms that maybe not are used sure. as much nowadays, but like the it, way they talk. But the way they talk like, and the way they express themselves yeah. is accurate. And of course, Maybe it helps that two characters are outlandishly out of touch. Yes, exactly. So that makes which it which adds to it. Because yeah, because you're like when I see how Norma talks, yes. I'm like that's how I expect all of these old movies to sound. Exactly, but, but like nobody talks like that. And it's also interesting because this movie takes place in modern day when it was shot in the right. 50s. Right, 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 right. But it's referencing a lot of the older times in the 20s and 30s, which is. Interesting, because in my mind, because we're so far away from it, <laughs> it's all the same. We kind of lump it all together, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, we yeah. all—it's that clearly there's a difference. Clearly, yeah. things change in thirty, you know, thirty years or something like that. Right, right, right. You know, things in the eighty—that's like looking at the eighties to now, to right? See, right, exactly, like, exactly. Or, oh, wow, the nineties to now, actually. Oh, don't oh say no. That. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it things are different. Right, things are things much different. Change. Like these are older times. You go into a nineties abandoned mall, it's gonna look much different than an abandoned <laughs> mall that was built last year. Which could happen. Look at Dubai. Good point. Good point. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of abandoned malls in Dubai. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm just talking to my ass. Uh, But okay, that's a good point too. How okay they so Cecil B. DeMille yes is in this movie. That's crazy. He's an actual real life director. But the point, the fact that he was in this movie so much, I was like, is he even real? Like. (laughs) <laughs> was he was he or just he was he a fictional director? This is like one of the first times you see the Hollywood movie about Hollywood and portrayed in a way that feels real. Like yes. there's a lot of inside baseball terminology. Like they're talking about like the key grip, or they're talking about how writers. Well, like, also write. like just name dropping like types of movies, and I'm like, yeah. I don't get this, but it works because I understand <laughs> feels it real. In this, yeah, I understand in this world. Like even if it's not real, which I'm sure they're probably referencing real things. Oh yeah, and uh, also I don't know if you knew this, but the uh, actress Norma, the actress Norma. The actress who played Norma was actually a silent film star. I so I read about this too. She was a silent film star, and then rather than the the the, the track that Norma takes, she sort of knew that she was no longer going to be yeah, in yeah. movies, so she went off to do something different. But that's kind of cool too that people watching this movie are like, "Whoa! Like that's her!" Like the, yeah, yeah, it probably feels even more real to like an audience from back in the day. Exactly, because you know? it's like almost the same kind of weird plot which is really brilliant like yeah i, I don't know and including real life actors and directors like cecil b demille or i think buster keaton's in the movie oh really uh, during the the ending credits the buster keaton came up as a name so i don't know who you could have been i don't know i'm trying to think of any well it said him. he played himself oh yeah i didn't see him then so oh, it must okay. been your half i don't know maybe i don't know it's hard to tell it's hard to tell everyone looked the same oh, they're all black no i bet i know when it was <laughs> There's a part where there's a part where she has a whole bunch of older uh, people from back in the day, so, and yeah, she's not probably, mentioned. Doesn't mention them by name, so I'm assuming it might have been one probably of him. back there. Yeah. And if you knew who who like you were looking for, you know he was back there. It's like a little like you know. Oh, that's cool. Back in the day, audiences would like clap. Yeah, like, I know that guy. I know that I guy. Recognize I recognize that. Recognize that. I love this universe. <laughs> sequel, sequel, sequel. Uh, Sunset Boulevard Two. Yeah. What's Cecil B. the Mill did? He did the um. He did the like big ass set yeah. in uh, L. A. Like that famous set, right? Is the, he the one who did that? I think so. Yeah, he's what known for it? like big epic scale. Films. What is that movie? What is that movie? Ma- is Cleopatra. It is it Cleopatra? Not Metropolis. Not Metropolis. No. I'll look up Cecil B. DeMille movies. Yeah, look up Cecil B. While you tell me a bit about All right, I'll start, I'll start about how this movie starts. So Tell me a little bit. Right away, that. the first thing you see is instead of a title card, you just see a shot of Sunset Boulevard, which Ooh. is the, just the, like, one the of Ten those Commandments, Samson and Delilah. Ten Commandments, Cle- that's it. Cleopatra. Like all epics. the all big th- epics from back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. Which fits this movie. Yes. Uh, so... Yeah, Sunset Boulevard, and it says it just starts off with a noir voice with like five in the morning with the homicide squad, like drives up down the thing, complete with reporters and all because an old timey star was killed. Mm-hmm. Some guy was had two shots in the back and one in the stomach in this mansion that this lady had. He always wanted to pull, but he didn't want to like this. The price was too expensive. Ooh. Damn, I'm in. Good writing. I'm in. I don't even <laughs> like like this type of these type of like stories. Usually, I'm just like, eh, okay, you're doing a hook, but like, they're right. The writing is just so damn tight. <laughs> it's tight. It's so it's, evocative. It, yeah, it's dripping with like feeling, like it dripping is. with like uh, intensity and like like intrigue. You know, it truly is. Like yeah. this is how like a lot of noir movies to me 
she came into my office and yeah, had legs like, that went on for days. Exactly. Yeah. Or just kind of like, oh, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't really explain and fully articulate why. Yeah, yeah. But they felt- don't grab me because I'm always like, oh, I see. I know how this is. But like, yeah. this movie just starts off immediately with like, this person's dead. And then... Pool. I'm like, okay. But then it flips. And it's like, well, here I was completely mm-hmm. disconnected. Right, right, right. So hang, how is this going to get How is this connected things? in my apartment writing like madman trying to get my story picked up? Because what happens is we're introduced to Joe, our mm-hmm. main character, Joseph Giles. Gillis. I Gillis, think. you're right. Yeah. I said it wrong. Um, he's grinding out two stories a week and none of them are selling. Mm-hmm. He's writing on spec. Uh, writing on spec. So these yeah. collectors call and come in. They come in. They're like, hey, we need your car. Hmm. You're you're late. You're three months late on payment. Like we gotta collect your car because you're three months late. He's like, oh, I don't. My friend lend it to a friend. He's like, fine. We'll come back later. You better pay up, or you know, we're gonna take your car. Right. So, um, yeah. What happens is he actually didn't loan the car out. He had it in like a back lot somewhere. Uh, hiding it. Yeah, he was hiding it basically right. and drove off and was like, okay, well, I gotta make two hundred ninety dollars real quick to pay them off so I can keep my car because I don't have my car. I'm screwed because it's L.A. You can't really do much in there. Right, exactly. Um, So he went to Paramount Pictures and talked to this guy named Sheldrak. I don't know if he comes into play later. Okay, cool. Well, he's a smart producer. <laughs> he starts pitching a baseball story, and he's like, this this baseball story is going to be great. We can get this guy. It's going to only cost you a million to make. Mm-hmm. He's basically schlocking nothing that's Oscar winning. He's just making he's just trying movies to make and money. trying to make money. He's right. not doing anything amazing. He's just got a good script mm-hmm. and making it easy for the, the studio. Right. Um, and then this, uh, I guess his assistant or it's not really quite clear. She's the person who reads all the scripts. The reader like, is what they call the reader, it. reader, yes, yeah. um, comes in. Betty Schaefer. Betty Schaefer, that's right. Comes in and is like, um, so yes, here's this thing. You called it. Uh, it's called a. Uh, oh, I didn't write that on the name. Oops. It doesn't. It's matter. called like baseball story. Okay. We'll call it that. Okay. And she's like, baseball story sucks. It's, <laughs> it's flat and it's trite and it doesn't say anything. And he's like, ah, right, you want a movie to say something? What do you What do you want? Like an Oscar or something <laughs> like that? I'm just trying to make some money here. And she's like, won't. This movie's bad, and he's the how little like, the studio system has changed. I know <laughs> that's the thing is like seeing this, I'm like, wow, this is Nothing? this could have been made now, yeah, like <laughs> not too much different. What do you want to make a big uh box office, uh, a big movie, or a Blumhouse film? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, and so the directors or the producers, like, why don't we, um, you know, there's something here, I know you need to make money, why don't we change it to like uh. A woman like softball musical and put a number in it or something. He's God. like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this to my work?" What if we make Milan, but we take out the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> take out all the songs. Yeah, it'll be make a it live action. Uh, why don't we put a little bit of a uh, uh, get friendly with China there too, so they can get more money because you know our Chinese governments really love us right now. Also, why no don't gay we... people. <laughs> if there's a gay kiss, we'll cut it out. Also, how would you like to pay thirty dollars extra on top of a subscription service? To to get access to this wonderful film three we, months earlier three months early, oh, then we'll release it for free yeah how about that does that sound great to you guys i think it sounds good <laughs> i think we have one of those shots like game of thrones in it <laughs> where you get the phoenix behind her and you're like damn that's a heroine and not the kind of speaking heroine of, i'm yeah, doing speaking of heroin. <laughs> give me my belt <laughs> hey joey like a speedball <laughs> Put that in the baseball picture. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so he goes to the pharmacy, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, basically it's a bust. He doesn't get any money. There's no money to be had there. He's like, can I do anything? He's like, there's no, there's no money here. Yeah. A little hard to believe in the 50s. but I was going to say, you could it. probably just like wipe the floors down or something. Yeah. Know? So he uh, goes back to the pharmacy, sends out SOS, calls his agent. Mm-hmm. His agent is an asshole. It's just like, <laughs> hey. So you're running. I could give you the money for your car, but like, I think you need to have some hardship because that's where you write the really good shit. I'm currently going to lose my car. He's asshole. like, yeah, I can't do anything with my car. And yeah. he's like, yeah, well, that sucks. <laughs> I think it's good for you to have. And he's like, fine. So okay. he, he pieces out. seems like they, the agent breaks up. They break mm. up the agent. Um, so he's driving home and he's like, damn, maybe I should go back to Ohio, back to my old copywriting job at the newspaper mm-hmm. and just give up, you know? Give up the Hollywood dream. And then he sees the tax collector, or the tax collector, loan collectors. Right. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to drive away. So he starts driving away from them as they start chasing him because they recognize him in his car that he supposedly doesn't have. Right, right, right. And he pulls into a mansion and hides 
and they pass him by and he hides and he puts a car in like what looks like a as he says a derelict mansion from the golden days of the 20s mm. and he puts his car into a mansion first off bad idea <laughs> and he sees there's another car here it must be one of those fancy one that burns 10 gallons a mile Whoa. and i'm like to me it's just so funny because i'm just like wow <laughs> 10 gallons a mile. <laughs> they really have improved gas efficiency. Oh, yeah. I bet his probably burns like a gallon a mile or something like that. That's why he has no money. He needs to keep the thing like filled. Yeah, but I yeah. guess that's how all cars were back then, probably. Yeah. Like MPG wasn't a thing. Nope. They were like, whatever, no. oil everywhere. Who cares? <laughs> uh, but he's like, yeah, this is a massive mansion from the 20s. It's all derelict. Like, to some of the. Everything is just shabby and unkept. Mm-hmm. Um, so he starts walking up and looking around, but then this lady sees him and is like, hey, why are you so late? And he's like, what, what do you mean I'm late? And the butler's like, come, walks out, Max, who we're introduced to. Yes. He comes and he's like, come here, sir. Wipe your feet. All right, get in that in there. He's like, okay, I'm not really, I just parked my car. I needed a place to escape. And he's like, doesn't matter, get in there. And he's like, okay. And it's like, ma'am's waiting for you upstairs. By the way, if you need help with the coffin, call me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me. I want you to think what is, what's happening. I want you to take a guess. Okay. So I guarantee you're wrong. Oh. But go ahead. Okay. Uh, he, uh, they are, she is performing a, uh, a, uh, a scene which involves a coffin and he needs to uh, be part of the scene essentially. Okay. So you think it's like a red herring type thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the coffin is like a like it's it's implied like oh this is really dangerous, but she's like a movie star, so she's probably like doing some kind of scene that involves a coffin. Okay. Okay. So you get up there, uh-huh. and she's like, okay, she talks to him. She's like, okay, you're the guy, right? And he doesn't say anything, and he's just like, okay, I want a coffin. I want a coffin that's like pink or blue or something like that, something that oh. fits it. And he's like, what? And he's like, yes, look, he just died recently. He pulls over the curtain, and it's a dead monkey. <laughs> Yeah, I would never guess that. Exactly, I told you, never guess that. So I was like, because the the arm falls, it's really hairy, and I'm like, man, were people really hairy back then? (laughs) And it's a monkey. It's a monkey. It's a tiny little monkey. It's like a chimpanzee is dead. Oh my god! And so he's like, um. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> th- like, no monkey had been established. I've never <laughs> even heard of a monkey in my half of the movie. It's because it's dead. Yeah, what do you want it to do? Is it uh, going to yeah. come back to life? It's I dead. Know. I guess not. That's so That plot crazy. line is just to establish that this person is extravagantly rich. <laughs> beyond all doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, movies then movies got smaller. I'm still big. Oh. she said. And okay. Like, oh, that's a good quote. I, like I think it. I probably butchered it, but still. Um, <laughs> not as good as Oh, no. I'm big fuck. and the pictures got small. There we go. That's way better. Of course. <laughs> Are you saying something I made up off the top of my head? Like your grandpa coming in and be like, yeah. what's that saying? What's that saying? Eyes make your carrots green. No, grandpa. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's why birds eat them. <laughs> what we're going to do now is mm. I'm going to let you let you go and get out of here. Got it. But. She's like, oh, you're a writer. Well, I have a picture of the. Oh, I'm not gonna edit this because I don't. (laughs) I forgot how to say it. Okay. Come on, tell me how to pronounce this. No, not salmon. (laughs) Salmone. Salmone is the Italian word for salmon. It's Salmone. That's the name okay, of the... Okay, it's Salmone. Salmone. Okay. She's going to write a book about... Or an ar- Salmone. She's, <laughs> she's going to write an article about Salmone. An article? No, a movie. A script. Sorry, a script. <laughs> a script about salmon. Got it. No, Salmone. <laughs> oh. Salmone. Yes. For those who don't know, is the, is the lady... Acting like you do. <laughs> Will you tell me what Salmone is? I don't know. Exactly. Like you're implying like... I, I do know, know. I know what Salmonet is. I do. Okay. Because I right. looked it up. All right. What's Salmonet? Salmonet is the lady who betrayed John the Baptist. Oh, okay. And gave um, his head. I think it's his brother. Yeah. Uh, cut his head cut off. Cut his head off yeah. and like served it. So, um. That painting is so fucking rad. Have I you know, seen that It was a crazy painting. Where the guy's like screaming. There's blood everywhere. Yeah, Jesus. Wild. Criminy. Anyway. Um, old religious art. Crazy. 
Um, <laughs> Violet. So, um, so she's making one. Sal, Salme. <laughs> you gotta find your words. I know, I can't. Salmonay. You literally said it like a minute ago. I don't think that's right, though. Look at this <laughs> word again. Salome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ethan probably edited it out of the podcast, but he spent like five minutes. I don't know if I'm going to edit this out. I'm going to definitely do something weird with this. <laughs> he spent so long trying to fucking find it. And now he's not sure. <laughs> John the Baptist assassination lady. Got it. This doesn't come into play. Oh, okay. Well, she he's, he's writing an epic. Got it. One that... Cecil they, B. DeMille will be exactly. able to Exactly. She's like, he's going to direct it. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So he's like... Do you like, think that oh, the he, story about John the Baptist and his brother might relate to the story that we're... John the Baptist's sister, yeah. Right, sorry. The story that we're... Yes. Talking about I here. think it may be a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought it up. So it uh, does kind of come into play. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so he starts reading it. He's like, I'll read this, but I, it's trash. It's so long. It's like super long and just... Very long. Indulgent uh-huh. and just writes her. And she's, of course, going to play the main character. Of course. And John the Baptist. <laughs> she's going to play John the Baptist. She's her head cut off. She's yeah. like, well, my head will be really great and really, really expressive on a plate. <laughs> um, So, reads it. It's like, this is really bad. Uh, but he's like, oh, you know, it, it could use some work. It could use a little work. A little editing, but I think what you got there is something really from the heart. Mm. You know, because what happens is while he's reading this plot, he's hatching his own plot. And that's what he says in the movie. And I'm like, damn, that's so good. <laughs> Damn. So um, while he's yeah, while he's reading it, um, oh, the the real guy arrives with a little monkey coffin, <laughs> which is great. And yeah. so what he says is like, I think it needs a little bit of work. I think you with a great r- editor, this could really be turned into something amazing. And she's like, Oh, awesome! I need someone I can trust. What's your zodiac sign? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my god, nothing's changed. <laughs> She brings it up later in the movie, too. And I'm just like, well, don't like you. <laughs> don't like you, Norma. <laughs> All of, if you have one have fun with Zodiac signs, A-OK with that. As soon as you start actually judging people off of that. Based on the Zodiac sign. Yeah. What is the Zodiac sign? Leo? He's a, he's a Sagittarius. I would never. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, what but she? she says I could trust you. What is her Zodiac sign? Oh, she sign? never mentions. Okay. Um, so he's like, cool. Um, I'll be the editor then, mm. uh, but I'm really expensive. I'm five hundred dollars a week. And she's like, that's nothing. That's fine. We'll that. <laughs> I shit on that every I, day. Yeah, pretty much. I wipe my ass with that. Um, so it's like, fine. All right, I'm gonna go home with the script. She's like, no, 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 no. This is where it begins. You can't go home with a script. I can't bear to leave that oh. on my site. Oh, didn't you say your your car was messed up anyway? Well, I have a spare room above the garage and no one's using. Why don't you just spend the night here? Then we'll come back in the morning and we'll start working on the script. He's like, I don't know about that. I'd rather just go home. She's like, no, 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 no. No trouble at all. So he goes, he goes there. And of course, Max is there and helps him out with, uh, um, you know, unpacking everything. Great. But then uh, he's looking around at everything and just kind of realizing like, man, this is a really dilapidated garage. Like no one's been here in a long time. Max mm-hmm. is best he could, but like no one slept here for a long time. He's an time. old man, Max. He's an old man. He's an older man. Yeah. Um, and he sees there's a pool. It's dried out. It's dried up. Which is oh. interesting considering I know that someone dies right yeah, away. Yeah, so the water's going to be in there. The water's clear, clearly something changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's dried up. There's like an old abandoned tennis court. All that good stuff. But then he notices something. I believe this might be the next day. He knows something wakes up. He knows that his books, his typewriter, his clothes were all there. They moved him there. He didn't even have to go back home. He to didn't get have him. to go home and back and get him. He's like, what the hell, Max? Like, where'd you get this? And he's playing the pipe organ like a creepy person. <laughs> Max is? Yeah, there's a big old pipe organ. I mean, basically, he might as well be playing that. And he's like, this is weird. She's like, I demanded to be there because if you need, if you want to work well, you need to have all your things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a big red flag. <laughs> the only reason she knew where he was is because he admitted like, oh, I live at this apartment. Right, right, right. Which is funny because he didn't mention the numbers. So I don't know if they were just knocking every door. Probably. Like, poor Max. I'm sure. Well, or I'm sure she has connections to find out. You that's know? true. Um, at, Also, at this point, you realize Max is kind of a strange person because he's like German. <laughs> not just because of that but because he talks to him private and is like wow this so she's really uh she's really something huh? she's quite a character she's like he's she's the best character back in her day she would receive seventeen 
thousand e- fan mails a day. Yeah, emails a day, and she would have to answer them all. She got eight thousand retweets. Yeah, she had two K followers on Instagram. As a huge fan, yeah. not anymore. <laughs> she had so many sips online. <laughs> Her OnlyFans was really popping. <laughs> Um, so he was really popular. So, but he he seems like he's a part of the whole. Like, I believe she's really something great, sort right? Of thing. Well, he's like, maybe that'll be uh, explained later. I'm sure it will. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he's like, all right, this is weird. Um, and he's like, I wouldn't mind it so much, except that every time I tried to write, she would look at a script I threw out and be like, No, this is terrible. So she's a scene mm. where. He, she's just going to the market. He's like, I don't think the scene really needs to be there. I'd rather just cut to the more John the Bass stuff. She's like, no, but it's me. I'm in there. Oh. Put it back in. I'm just like, oh, this is relatable. <laughs> I feel this. <laughs> yeah. Any creative project. Someone's yeah. like, no, 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 Well, especially no. one with like a vanity project. Especially you know? someone who definitely has an ego. <laughs> A wounded ego, one might say. Yeah, I need that. That's where I am. Exactly, that's where I am. Yeah. So, and then he looks around. There's like, of course, a bunch of pictures of her all around the house and glory days, which are probably those are probably old pictures of the actual actor. Probably. Yeah. Um, So he's. uh, Oh, so then he starts watching movies at her place. Like, well, we have entertainment besides just walking there. Mm. We watch movies. Of course, they're always silent. Of course, she's always the star. And Max runs the projector, which is great because he's just not sitting there being being weird. He's just running the projector. Mm-hmm. But then she starts to grab his arm, forgetting that she was his employer, mm-hmm. and starts being a little 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 cross the line, one might say. <laughs> um, and he also hangs out while they play bridge games. This is where probably uh uh oh my god, I was gonna call it. Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton probably. Buster, Buster yeah. Keaton was there. I was going to call Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton <laughs> Michael shows Keaton's up. There, just a you want to go crazy? <laughs> Let's get nuts. Um, and during the bridge game, though, the debt collectors come and they arrive. I don't know how they got there. It's never really explained. Okay. But they're there. And of course, Max is like, he's not here. But they did see his car in the garage and they're going to tow it. Mm. And he comes up to her and is like, hey, I need that car. Like, can you loan me some money so I can pay them off like right now? And she's like, I'm having my bridge game. We'll uh. do it later. And so he goes, and you see him later, and he's watching his car get towed away, and she shows up and is like, hmm, okay, what happened? He's like, what was all that necessary fuss about? He's like, oh, my my car just got towed away, and it sucks. She's like, oh, we don't need two cars anyway. I have that one beautiful oh. car in the in the garage. She's cutting him off for the rest cutting of the world. Cutting him off from the rest of the world or like Ugh. making him go places. He's like, oh, okay. And she's like, why don't we take a ride in it tomorrow? So they drive around. He's like, you know, I let, I think you got kind of old style clothes. Let's go to a, a male's fashion store. Hey, Max, take us to a fan, one of the best places in town. We'll Macy's. get you some new duds. Yeah, no, 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 it was definitely a small tailor shop. <laughs> okay. And uh, he's like, also stop chewing that gum you always chew. Ugh. Even though she has, she's like uh, smoking all the time. Yeah, she and, smokes a lot, but I, like a lot. Like they just, he, even to the point where he has to empty an ashtray while it's, they're on the bridge game. I'm yeah. like, that's a lot. That's <laughs> too much. Um. And it's like tells them to like basically buy this new outfit and like go. You need evening wear. You need everything. And he's like, I feel really uncomfortable with this. Yeah. And this guy comes up and offers him like, Hey, you want this like fancy like camel stuff like camel suit? You want a like camel? camel? You want a camel? <laughs> and he's like, No, the old the cheaper stuff is fine. He's like, mm, But uh, mm, you're not paying for it. But if the ladies pay for it, why not do the big stuff? Yeah. He's like, Uh, fine, whatever, I guess. Oh. Um. So yeah, so then the next day it starts raining, and of course the old garage where he's staying it starts Flooding. leaking. Oh. So now he has like, to stay in the house. Now he has to stay in the house, and he gets there, and he's like, "There are no locks here. Oh, what's going on? No and Ma- privacy." And Max is like, mm, "Well, uh, Madame com- attempted suicide a few times, so we have to keep. Uh, so we have to keep. Holy uh, fuck. I know. <laughs> has to keep razor blades away." And what? I turned the gas off in her room and all this stuff. And we have no locks in case something happens. So, yes. oh, my God. Yeah, that's nuts that that's just being talked about in this movie. I know. I mean, it's cool. It's oh, it's open. It's very honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I just never really. I also never understand really hear suicide that being talked about like this. I know. You know? Um, is it handled sensitively? Eh. But, you know, it's not the... Well, the character's not that sensitive either. That's true. Exactly. You know? It makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, honestly though, her life is really depressing. Yeah. It's well, that's sort of the thing. It's like she is a monster. She uh, she acts awfully. But you totally feel Gillis, about it. But you understand why she feels this way. Yeah. And it's, there's even more reason. Oh yeah. Well, there's a great part where he's like, "Why is she so upset? Like, she still gets letters. She seems to still have a lot of money. Like, and he Max just says, "Let's not look too closely at those postmarks of those letters. Mm, they're all from him. <laughs> they're all from him, or like yeah. recent or something like that." Yeah. So now. He's like excited. He's like, okay, it's a New Year's party. Let's go have a New Year's party. And it's just her. And a whole band is hired just to have hang just out the with, two of them. with for the two of them. And he's like, so where are they the guests? And she's like, let's get drinks. <sighs> a little bit later, they're dancing. And he's like, so when's everyone else getting here? Are we? It's kind of like, it's like 1030. Where is everyone? And she's like, oh, they'll um, they'll be showing up. Or they won't be showing up. It's just it's just for us. We don't want to get in the way of us. Right. He's like, oh, okay. So during this, afterwards, she's like, oh, I love I love just hanging out. You and me, it's so great. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy here. You, t- I was gonna wait till midnight, but why don't you have this gift? And I think it's like a cigarette case or something. Yeah, it's really a cigarette fancy. Case. That comes in play later. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can't accept this. This is too much. You gotta stop buying me things. I can't do this anymore. And she's like, What? I'm rich. I have. All this money from my movies, and I have a own two blocks down downtown, and also I have oil in Bakersfield. Oh boy, here had to we bring go. that up for you, <laughs> you buddy. Bakersfield pumping always, and pumping and pumping. It's always great to hear about oil. Is it Bakersfield? <laughs> <laughs> What's great, Bakersfield? The oil. The barracks. oil there. I mean, yeah, that's why it's it's also referenced that there will be blood, which yeah. takes place at a similar time. I, I didn't know that was referenced. Uh, yeah, yeah there's one part where uh, the uh, religious guy, uh, what's his name? The, the the preacher. I know who you're talking about. Him, Paul Dano. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to Bakersfield and have uh, some stuff over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I like how this is the only place with oil in yep. California. Like, yep. there's no other place. I mean, California's a big place. It's a big place, but most of the oil is in Bakersfield. Yeah. According to the movies, anyway. I don't yeah. know if it's true, but. No, Bakersfield, Taft, like all those areas, pretty much. That's true, yeah, yeah. Taft area. Oh, but they're all pretty close to Bakersfield. That's true. <laughs> it's all in like that Kern. Is it Kern County? Kern County. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, he's like, I can't do this anymore. Um, you're, I'm not worthy of you. He tries to break it off nice and be like, you know, you need someone who's a big shot, not me, not just some random writer guy who's right. writing like B movies. Like you need someone big. He, she's just like, oh, you say you don't love me. Why don't you just say it? And then she smacks him across the face. And she goes, she's like, I'm going back to my room. She goes up to her room. He's like, I got to get the fuck out. <laughs> so he bails. He's like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just getting out of here. So he goes to a friend's house and um, talks to the friend who's having a New Year's party. Yeah. And it's like bumping. There's people everywhere. It's really bumping, crowded. Bumping and grinding. I, it looks like a lot of fun. It's, yeah. it's like the old old movie fun where it's just a whole bunch of people in like an apartment that's weight does not fit that many people. <laughs> and it just looks like a good time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone's all, all his friends. He's like a PA or something like that. Mm-hmm. And. Um, that's where he meets Betty again. Betty, and Be- then the guy, her his friend, is it Artie? Artie, I think. Yeah, okay. So Artie is like, oh, this is my lo- lover, Betty. Nice to meet. And he's like, hey, Artie, can you give me like a place to stay? And he's like, you can hang out here. And she's like, no, 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 like for a week or so. He's like, yeah, 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 of course, you could stay. You oh, know, a week. A nice I gotta put you up. We could just have a the couches just become vacant. <laughs> and um, because Betty's sleeping in my bed, <laughs> pretty much. So then um. Betty's like, well, I guess I'm. Qu- I want to talk to you about something. And uh, the other guy's like, well, don't don't do anything too much there, buddy. Like, oh, you know, like she's, my, she's my lady. She's my yeah. lady. Yeah. And and uh, so he's she's like, well, I got the script, uh, another script for you, and I read it, and it also sucks. But there is like six pages that are really good. They're like from your past, mm-hmm. and I like a really good uh, flashback. He's like, yeah, that's. I feel like I had a teacher like that. And it's like, yeah, you should do that. But then he starts like flirting with her immediately and getting like really close. I didn't like this whole aspect. Of the I didn't movie. like this. It's aspect the worst either. part of the whole. It movie. is. And it gets worse. It makes like, it really makes no sense except the fact that he's so trapped in this awful relationship that he's just desperate. Yeah. But like, there are so many other women at this party. <laughs> Why does he have to find someone that his friend who's letting him crash on the couch? Also, like, I don't know if the characters are, but clearly the actors massive age difference. Maybe I, I don't know. So. Gillis looks like he's he's in his ten 30s. years. Yeah, and she's not. She's like in her early twenties. I think that's like thirty five, twenty five. That's like eh. that's weird, know. but not like he looks oh. like an old thirty five if he is. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, it's like what what really sours this for me is is like 
she's only talking to him because she's genuinely interested in his ability to write. Yeah. And it just sucks that he takes that as like she wants to fucking bone and But it, but to, to be fair, she is also giving off weird signals too. Oh, is she? Yeah, she oh, starts okay. flirting back with him a little bit. Oh. Um, it might have the movie. It seemed like she was only interested in his like ability to write. You might be right. Like maybe this was her being drunk and being a little flirtatious just to get some more like cool writing out of him. Maybe. But he was like, no, let's kiss. But then she's like, no, let's not. Let's do something else. <laughs> Wait, but she he, does... he actually asked to kiss her? Yeah, pretty oh. much. She's like, I need, I need your cool relief of your lips. Oh, God. Like almost within one minute of the conversation, her being like, your writing's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I hated yeah, this whole aspect of the that movie. part sucks. Yeah. It made me really be like, oh, this guy, that's one of the parts that doesn't hold up. No, it doesn't. It's one of the parts up. that is aged, aged very poorly. Aged very poorly. <laughs> and honestly, it makes the movie weaker. And I'll tell you about it as it goes later. It but it's like, it's, it would have been better if she also didn't have someone like, that's the thing I don't know. It's like, maybe he just thinks he is in a relationship with this lady. And then, um, this old this guy comes around and then starts flirting Party, with her yeah. and maybe she she actually is more interested in him. Don't know. It's unclear. Yeah. People just talked. You know, these are these are Hollywood folk. I don't know how they talk in the fifties. <laughs> they're like young kids. They're hip with their own like weird ways that probably don't carry over to when they're older. Right. 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 So I don't know. Well, okay. What I'm saying though is is like <clears throat> later on, just as a spoiler, Norma figures out that he's sneaking out in the middle of the night to write a script with Betty. Mm-hmm. And so she gets very paranoid and I'm like, this would be awesome is if he's cause the whole thing is, is like clearly Norma wants someone to love her for, for her, you know, she doesn't have any real connections with anybody, you know? And so she ends up throwing money in people's faces and making people feel uncomfortable in order to keep them around. But it's like Betty and what, what Betty and Joe Gillis have, it's not, for me, it would be stronger if it wasn't some like love that's like a deep, passionate, emo- like like thing. If it would be better if it was an actual like companionship or like friendship, you know, that's or like struck. a writing buddy or something. Yeah, like, like that would be so much better because then it's like, like that's not something that you can force. That's something that like happens, you know, and it's also something that Norma can never have. Like Gillis can have sex with Norma, but it's like, what if Gillis didn't even like want to have sex with Betty? He just wants to write with her and be with her as a person. Like, to me, that would cut even deeper for Norma than a situation where it's like, oh, this hot young thing is, you know, totally, like, flashing her tail around. But to be fair, she he basically already gives her that riding partner, but internally he hates it. Mm-hmm. But externally it looks like he's collaborating with Norma. Right. So I don't know if that would really work as much. As well, like, but what I'm saying, like, Norma clearly loves Gillis, is what yeah. I'm saying, right? Like, and, and not even the writing partner thing. Like, not only does Gillis want to hang out with Betty, the two of them have a chemistry together that cannot be forced, you know, or, like, created out of nothing. It's, it's something that happened because they both have similar interests. I guess that's true, but I feel like Norma's so self-absorbed mm. that I don't think she would even realize that unless it's, like, specifically some sort of attractive well, part of it. Well, okay, but... Like a, some sort of romantic relationship is is also later on. It's it's it, you you learn that Norma's been in movies since she was like a child, mm-hmm. since she was like prepubescent, and you know, still in Hollywood today, Hollywood and, and the entertainment industry is all about like image and you know this sort of like very uh, disgusting feeling of like if if someone is physically attractive or if somebody looks young or whatever. That is what makes them, you know, admirable or, yes. or attainable or whatever. You want to attain that. But it's like if Betty is just a sort of like bookish good writer and is just really like charming and fun to be around, that's something that Norma can never attempt to recreate. She can try to like grab at her like youth or try to look more beautiful or try to throw money at a problem. But like Betty's just a better person who's also talented, you know, like to I me, that cuts even deeper because it's like it goes against everything Norma has been told since she was a child. Since she was a child, she thought if I'm attractive and yeah. if I'm powerful and if I have money, I can get what I want. And it's like Betty's not even trying and she's just got a better relationship with this guy. Yeah. And he doesn't even want a boner. Like he just wants to work with her. Yeah. Like to me, that is like a far deeper like insult to Norma, in my opinion. I uh, agree. I guess the way Norma is written to me is that I feel like she's so self-absorbed, she would never realize it. Mm, I guess mm. that's my thought, unless it's like a romantic thing, because it's like, I want to have you in not even a partner sense. I want to have you as in like right. a relationship romantic sense. So In my mind. Totally. But the thing that works here for me is like, she doesn't know that they're romantically involved. She just sees their name on, both of their names on the script. And so uh, she she 
thinks that they're romantically involved. So then she steps in and she's like, hey, there's something you need to know about Gillis, like she says. And it's this whole thing where she's like, I'm, I'm lording power over you, Gillis, now because I'm going to reveal that we're lovers. And it would be so great if it was a thing of like, yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in this girl. Like, I just mm. want to be with her. And it's like, that's something that Norma will never have. You know mm. what I mean? I see what that to me is like even worse. If like she thought that she had a, had uh, was she had him under his, her thumb. Like, oh, man. I'm going to fucking ruin this guy's romantic relationship with this girl. And he's like, I, it's not even it's that. It's not even that. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. I see so where you're coming I mean? from. Like, yeah, that that's good. Hurt. That's good. That's good. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm already spoiling a lot of my half of the That's movie. fine. That's fine. <laughs> because this is a weaker aspect of the film. It is a weaker aspect of the film. <laughs> anyway. So um, he gets, so he calls is like, Hey, Max gets on the phone. Mm. It's like, Hey, so I'm going to be staying over at this other place. Can you get my clothes over and send them over? And he's like, I can't do that right Ooh. now. I'm occupied. He's like, what do you mean you're occupied? It's, it's, like, it's New Year's. There's no one at the house. <laughs> well, the doctor's here. He's like, oh. what doctor? She's like, well, Madame found your razor and slit her wrists. Oh, my God. And Jesus Christ, he's like, He's like, what the fuck? So he runs over there because, like, oh, that's, that's, that's scary. That's scary. Yeah. Um, And this is a this is a great little character moment. So he gets there, and Max is like, yeah, she's upstairs. You can go see her, but don't race upstairs. Because then the musicians will know something's wrong. Oh, God, you have appearances. I know. It's all about appearances. It's all about appearances. Ooh. Even though this ha- this place is a derelict. Like, everyone can see it's a derelict, but keeping up the appearances of nothing being wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, important. Is, is what's most important. Yeah. So she gets in there, and he's like, go away. Go to that girl of yours. And he starts, like, saying stuff to make her not feel bad. Like, you're the only person in this town that's been good to me. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'll do it again. And this part. <laughs> Well, my favorite part of the movie okay. is, you know, the Happy New Year's music. Old Lang Syne. Yeah. Old Lang Syne is playing. And it's just this great shot of this lady being like, I'll do it again. And her hands are covering. And you see the the, the bandages on her wrists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And him just sitting farther away, just looking depressed <laughs> as hell. Like, I'm, like he on knows he's trapped on New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> with this joyful music about new beginnings. And it's like, no, your new beginning is you're trapped here. He's like realizing it. I'm like, damn, this is this is some good shit. I just dropped something on the ground. I'm sorry <laughs> this, about that. This was when I came in and I was like, this poor fucking guy. I know. Like, you I knew immediately. Nothing. And I'm like, she's he looks like you can just tell how trapped he looks and how yep. sad he is. And because the New Year song is played, I'm just like, this is this should be like the happiest day of the year. Yep. And he's just miserable. And, and then he just reluctantly goes up to her and is like, Happy New Year. Oh God. And then I don't know if you saw this, but then she turns on a dime and she's like, Ah, oh, yes. The no, New Year's. I didn't see that part. Like, she's all better. Wow. Yeah, and it's horrifying. So, people are trying to get a hold of Mr. Gillis. Uh, all of her, uh, Artie and Betty, they're all trying to call the, 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 the building. But Max is always like, there's no Mr. Gillis here. Like, they, he, he doesn't exist. Um, and so, uh, finally, um, Norm was like, my script is ready. I'm going to send it to Mr. DeMille's. And and uh, Gillis is like, are you sure? Like, it's not that great yet. And she's like, no, the the stars are in line. Everything will be fine because of astrology. It'll be perfectly fine. Oh, yes. Uh, so she's happy. She's like, this is the happiest I've ever been. So uh, on the way to the studio, or no, they're just sorry, they're just driving around. They're not even at the studio yet. She just sends the script in, basically gets it delivered. I think Max delivers it. So they're just like in the car on a date. And then she's out of cigarettes, and so she's she, God, she makes a big fucking thing of everything. She's like out of cigarettes, so he offers her some of his, but then she's like, "Oh, those will make me cough. I need my fancy cigarettes." And so then he's like, "All right, I'll get you your cigarettes." Also, she has this weird smoking finger thing. Yeah, so that's so that I think your your hands and your gloves don't smell like cigarette smoke yes. after you smoke. Yes. Which is funny because she smokes like a chimney, but. <laughs> It's funny because I typed in this movie to look it up, and the first thing that came up was that weird little cigarette holder. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting. That, clearly, people want it. Oh, clearly. God. Ethan, you need to stop smoking so much. <laughs> Too much. I really, you know, I really need that. I'm just, I'm just smelling my hands, and what I need is a, a ring finger for all this. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I'll get you your fancy cigarettes. Let's stop at this drugstore. So he goes in to get some more cigarettes, but then he sees his friends, uh, Betty and Artie. And uh, so he's talking to them and, you know, he's like, uh, and, you know, he's like, I'm going to give up on writing. I don't know if I want to be a writer anymore. He doesn't really go into what he's doing. He just says he's not, he doesn't want to do it anymore. And then they're like, you know, we've been trying to get a hold of you. We called that, that number of yours, but um, they say that you, you don't live there. And so he's very, Uh. he's very upset about that. You know, he's like, I don't like the fact that 
you know, people like they're clearly lying to me. And so he gets very upset. He goes back in the car and he's like, I didn't get your cigarettes. Like he's he's clearly upset yeah. about everything. As Understand, you do. As, as he would be. There's one part I really like where he says, audiences don't know someone sits down and writes a picture, which is like I, I wrote down. I'm surprised by how honest and grounded the writing is like what I was saying earlier. Um, well, it's also because like the person who wrote it and directed it like, is a writer-director. Writer, so. But you know, people make movies that are writers and directors, but like they know they're scared that audiences probably won't understand what they're That's talking true. about. Uh, this guy doesn't seem to care, and it's great because it's like also they they are movie stars. They wouldn't they would use this kind of terminology yeah. anyway. So in order to keep him interested, Norma performs for him. She does like all these performances, and like she like uh, acts like Buster Keaton and uh, and. Um, like uh, what is it like all those like old-timey movie stars she does this whole performance for him and then they get a call from someone from paramount and she thinks it's about the script must be mr demille's on the phone give me the phone it isn't it's a man named gordon cole does that mean they mean anything to you gordon cole Mm -mm. gordon cole or special agent gordon cole is an fbi agent in the tv show twin peaks played by david lynch David Lynch is a massive fan of Sunset Boulevard oh, wow. to the point where the character he plays in Twin Peaks is named after a minor character in this film. Okay. So it's very odd to hear that word. That, that is very weird. Come out of nowhere. Did you look that up immediately after? Be I like, was like, what? Gordon Cole, I know that name. And then, yeah, I was like, where do I know fucking Gordon Cole from? That's pretty funny. It was very strange. So Norma's like, why am I getting a call from Gordon Cole? Like, I should be getting a call from Mr. DeBills. So she's like, hang up. I've, you know, I've, I've waited so long to hear from him and now he can wait for me. So they wait three days. They keep getting calls from Gordon Cole. And so Norma's like, we're going to go to Paramount. And, you know, so they arrive in Paramount. At the, there's a younger security guard that doesn't know who she is, but the older one does. So they let her in. <laughs> uh, and they then we cut to Cecil B. DeMille directing his next film. And this guy's like, Norma is coming. And, you know, I feel really bad for her. She's a fucking dinosaur. And Mr. DeMille feels bad for her because he's like, I read the script and it wasn't good. But at the same time, this... This town has treated Norma like shit. Like, I, you know, I feel bad yeah, yeah. for every possible reason. So Norma tells Mr. DeMille about Gordon Cole and how, you know, he wants to, she, you know, he's like, can I speak? And so he's like, can I talk to Gordon Cole? I want to know what all this is about. Why is, why is Gordon Cole calling him, uh, calling Norma? And as this is all happening, Norma's sitting on the back lot and all the people in the movie are like, it's, it's Norma. And like the key grip is up with the lights huh. and like pointing the light on Norma and everyone comes to talk to her and they all love her so much. You can see in her eyes how much she's needed this for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Mr. DeMills comes back, so N- Mr. DeMills talks to Gordon Cole and like, Hey Gordon, what, why do you want to talk to Norma? And he's like, Oh, she's got a really cool looking car and I wanted to know if I could rent it for an upcoming picture. Okay. So, but Norma thinks the reason she's getting a call from Paramount is because they're going to make her script and she's going to be a star again. Uh. But no one has the heart to tell her that's why they called her. No, Even DeMills comes back and she's like, hey, so about that call. And then Norma ignores everything and she like looks over at him and she, tears are in her eyes. And she's like, did you see that? Everyone wanted to talk to me. Everybody loves me. It's like the thing that she's always wanted forever. It's very sad. So um, then they uh, Norma gets a cry, misses the studio terribly. Uh, Gillis sees Betty and they talk about the script, uh, but then they're interrupted by the ho- horn honking of Max downstairs. So they, he has to leave. Uh, and um, so this is also where we learn Max and Gillis learn why Gordon Cole was calling as well. Everyone knows except for Norma, oh. but nobody has the heart to tell Norma about okay. it. Um, Norma uh, is preparing to be in pictures. So there's this montage of her like her face is it's like scary like the kind of things that women go through particularly back in the day but i guess also today to like look younger or look Mm -hmm. better or whatever like she's under heat lamps she's you know she's like stuffed into like cushions like it's horrifying yeah um it's then norma's terrified of being left alone so uh you know she's like constantly like hounding gillis and she's like don't leave me gillis don't ever leave please but gillis is sneaking out in the middle of the night to go work on the script with betty at the mm. studio and wouldn't you know it this week betty's fiance artie is in arizona oh yeah artie and betty are getting Ari. married oh they're getting married yeah okay. they're, so they're they definitely fiance. are they definitely are dating they are now well they were dating at first now no, they're gonna real, get married. now they're now he's putting a lock on it but he's going to arizona to work on a movie so she's gonna be in the studio all by herself with uh gillis men and women can't be friends no i guess not so uh betty sees the cigarette case from norma 
and she starts putting all the pieces together. You know, she's like, oh, you're helping Norma write that script. That's what you're making money doing. Um, and I was like, is that what she's doing? Because they seem a lot closer than just like writing partners. I mean, that's the original. The original plan was that. But also, that's also what Betty and uh, Gillis are supposed to be doing. And they seem a lot closer as well. So Betty says that she's from a show business family. Uh, I guess her parents were uh, in show business and her grandparents were in show business. And she really wanted to be in show business, too. She wanted to be an actor. Uh, but the, uh, the casting directors said uh, that her nose was uh, too curved, so she got it fixed. $300 later, she goes back to the casting directors. They say she can't act. So now she's a reader and eventually <laughs> will hopefully become a writer. And it's just like she doesn't care. Like she's just like – she's like, oh, you know, that's just part of the business. And she's like, oh, you know, it's all about appearances, but, you know, I don't really want to do that anyway. I'd rather work yeah, behind yeah. the scenes. Like she seems pretty well-adjusted, but at the same time a little bit not so well-adjusted. Yeah, a little bit like, wow, you did all that for – nothing what okay. yeah exactly you just had your it's kind of a bad nose. thing that yeah. that happens and then he kisses her on the nose because and he's like your nose is great your nose now is great and then he says one of the worst lines in the movie he says something to the effect of stay away from me if we if you ever want this script to be finished because i can't control myself around you betty and i'm just like dude it just it just seems <laughs> like I know that is how scripts and men were acted out back, back then the and that's machismo and blah blah blah. It's really hard to watch nowadays though. Nowadays it's just like, dude, you can control calm yourself. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> Put your dick away for like a minute. Yeah. And get your pen out. Yes. <laughs> just start writing. Just write. Just write. Dude, that's your main job. Stop boner man. No, but that doesn't stop him. Mm. Gillis returns home. Max says, you know, you got to be careful. She's like, he's like, you know, the way you're entering the house, she can see you, you know? So you got to, if you want to enter the house, it's not like he's threatening her. It's like he, or threatening Gillis. It's like, he's warning her. Like you got to be careful about her feelings. Yeah. You know? Especially because he really cares about Max really cares. about. Why her. does Max really care about Norma? Huh? Because it's been his job to protect her ever since she was 16 years old. When he, directed her for the very first time he used to be a movie director oh he was one of the big movie directors back in the day but then he quit because he wanted to protect norma even as a, as a young girl wow and so he went from being a director to being a servant that's really weird but it's even weirder huh. because between being a director and a servant he also married her what? So Max was Norma's first husband and still harbors feelings for wow. her. It's, That's weird. In the divorce, you're now going to be an indentured servant. Yeah, basically. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And it really adds like a whole other aspect to Max that makes him seem even more like depressing. How come he, did, how come he didn't get like half that mansion? Maybe he does own half the mansion. I mean, he lives there. I guess, yeah. And he's willing, and he's willing to wait hand and foot for her because that's what he does, you know? Okay. So There's Norma, a lot of weird relationship there really is so norma finds uh uh gillis's actor oh script which ah. includes betty and it, it, the name of the script is untitled love story it's so great it's like untitled love story by gillis and betty and i'm just like that's Ugh. that's a weird way of you whatever. probably should put the other person's name on there i would yeah, think yeah well, well they're both on there right gillis no no, no and but betty. like the, the person who oh this is a completely this different, is a totally different oh, okay, script that's sorry fine. this is betty's script that she's been i honestly on. thought they're both working on the no. script with okay. i'm sorry no 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 they're working on a totally different script uh under the nose of norma so yeah i thought uh, they were both working on norma script betty okay. says she's no longer in love with Artie. she loves gillis now damn it <sighs> and so they kiss and then he feels like utter shit because he knows that Artie is a better man than him and that he is a trash person who's been living with Norma this whole time. I always love it when all, of, all the, everything comes rushing back after you already made the mistake. Yep, exactly. That's what happens. And so then Norma calls Betty to reveal everything. But Gillis at this point, he's willing to throw everything away because he realizes that he shouldn't be doing this because yeah. Artie's a better person, all this stuff. So he takes the phone away from Norma and Norma looks very melodramatically upset. She starts like crying and stuff. And Gillis is like, come to Sunset Boulevard and see the house, see where I live. And so then uh, Norma tells Gillis not to hate her. She's like, hit me, scream at me, just don't hate me. And so she starts sobbing in her bed and she says, I have a gun, you know, I, I bought a gun. I just, you just use so you know, I have a gun if I, and I'll use it, you know, like, you know. Okay. Yeah. So then Gillis shows Betty around the house and he's being so cruel to her. He's like, yeah, this is where I want to be. And she's like, and he's like, just so you know, I live with Norma. And it's like, 
clearly the movie's trying to say like I fuck Norma for money, but you know you can't say that you can't say that back in the day. So he's just throwing it all on the table. He's being very straightforward and honest with her to the point of it being feeling cruel. Uh, but the thing is, like Betty wants to ignore all of this. She's like, I've never been to this house. I've never seen any of this. Me and you, we're just gonna leave. And he's like, No, I don't want you to ignore this. I want you to see where I am and where am I gonna go. I, am I going to go back to a house I can't afford, an apartment I can't afford? Should I take all of my big expensive shoes and 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 and, and uh, suits? You could probably sell those for a lot of money. Yeah, but he's being needlessly cruel, so she leaves heartbroken. And Norma's like, "Thank you, Gillis. Thank you. You know, you've you, you've clearly chosen me over her, but he hasn't. He just walks right through her, like right by her, ignoring her, and starts packing up. And she is in hysterics. He's like, um, he tells her there's no future in pictures. No, oh." She, he starts being very honest with Norma because Norma's like freaking out in hysterics and he's like, there is no future for you in pictures. No one wants you to be in that movie. Nobody wants to make that script that you wrote. Also, fan letters are bullshit. Max writes them all for you. Like, he's dropping everything. He's like, that phone call was about your car. Like, nobody cares about you, Norma. And then he says this great line. I love this line. There's nothing tragic about being 50 unless you're trying to be 25. <laughs> Like woof, that that's, is, that's that's really accurate. That's really good. That's a really good line. And he's like, Norma, you're living in a fantasy world. Tell her, Max. Tell her she's living in a fantasy. And Max is like, I don't know what you're talking about, Gillis. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's, he's not gonna back you up. Nope. So then Norma starts waving the gun around. She's like, Gillis, get back here, Gillis. Gillis, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. And she shoots Gillis, and he falls in the pool, and he's the dead person in the pool at the beginning of the movie. It's funny because you see his face, but I didn't recognize it completely. <laughs> so real. Is that a problem with the movie or you? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably me. So, and then, so he's dead. He's dead the whole time. Um, and he says, this, uh, this movie's full of great lines. Funny how gently people treat you once you're dead because they've, they're they lifting him out of the pool and everyone's treating him so gently. When all this time, as he's been alive, the world's been so cruel to him. You yeah. know, it's so great. And then the press arrive, and they take control over the house and the phones, so they can't call the coroner. And Norma's upstairs, and the can't, you know, all the cops are surrounding her, and they're oh, just like, I bet "She loves this, huh?" She, well, she's taking it in. She's like, yeah. "She's like, I won't say anything. I won't say anything." And then eventually, the television cameras show up, and this, yeah. this was my favorite part of the whole movie. I, this is this is the end, but I love this fucking part because Max has become a director again. He gets all the cameras ready, oh. and he tells Norba, Norba, here's your motivation. You are the princess, and you're coming down the stairway. She's like, yes, that is my motivation. And she's, like, walking down the stairway elegantly, and all of the press and all the police are just, like, standing there silent, and you can just feel this, like, sadness, and she's looking dead into the camera, and she's, like, and then she she's looking at the camera, and she says, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille, which is the line that mm-hmm. everyone knows, and, 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 Max is directing her towards the cop cars to take her away. <laughs> and it's so good. And the last shot is her looking dead into the camera. And as she gets closer and closer, the camera becomes like more fudgy and like faded and stuff. And it like more distorted. And then the movie ends. It's fucking amazing. That's really good. It's so, so good. Oh my God. It was creepy too. Like, it yeah. felt, like, well, the- it's, it's just basic Hollywood classism yes. right like the yes. old the old people they want to be the young people yes. but they can't mm-hmm. there's no way they can do it no amount of money can do that but what they can do is they can control and manipulate the Younger young people, people that what and that will base, do anything to be in the industry into too. effectively killing them killing them basically right but the other thing too is this is a vicious circle because as you learn she was probably in the same position Gillis was in exactly. as a 16 year old girl yeah you know way too young to understand you know, the ways of these, this awful world, yeah. you know? And so it's like, it's a self, not a self prophecy, but it's just like a circular, a circular cycle. issue because like she was young, probably manipulated by the older men in, in the industry. Yes. And now she's old and rich and she can do the same thing to the people coming in as well. You know, yeah. ruin people's lives. Just do the exact same thing. The cycle continues. Because she was never given any true sense of like love or attention yeah. when she was younger. The only, the only, um, the only joy she got was being in front of other people and, and being, like, a, being performer. a star. Yeah, and, because you know. it's the only time she ever felt love. And it's yeah. like one thing we haven't really talked about that I want to talk about really quick. The actor who plays Norma is fucking amazing. Yeah, she is 
She's incredible. It's in wild this. that she actually did go from <laughs> silent movies, yeah, to this. to this. And she like, because the thing is, is like, she is she over the top? Yeah. Is her eyes bugged out all the time? Yeah. Is she kind but of? But it fits her character. It does. And it, there's the bigger she gets. I feel like I've said this about other actors before. Like I said this about thing about like Nick Cage in uh, Leaving Las Vegas. Like the bigger and crazier. The performance, the sadder right. it is. Yeah. It just makes you feel more depressed. Yeah, because you're just like, clearly she's hiding something. She's clearly hiding that like painful, juicy center of her that she doesn't want to show anybody. You the know? overacting isn't overacting for the movie. It's overacting for the people in the movie. Exactly. It's overacting to cover up the flaws and the sadness, Yeah, like you said. Right. And, and it helps that all the other people and actors, characters feel real. Yeah, they feel because real. Because then you can really feel well. that, you know, you yeah. can feel how over the top. Because it's like if everyone talked like her, it would just be like, what, what, what is going on? But the fact that she's the only one, she's like covered in like this. And also it's a black and white movie. You know, the makeup is atrocious. Like she looks like a clown, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it just it's just so overwhelming. And like every time she's on screen and she says anything, there's always just this this crust of sadness to yeah. everything she says even when she's happy or or and then and the thing is is like when she is sad you don't even believe her and that makes it even sadder you know that makes it sadder and scarier yeah. at the same time because it's like clearly clearly it's an act yeah and she even will when go, she's sad she will go to the point just to get attention to yeah um you know cut herself and attempt suicide and yeah threaten her life and other people's lives yeah um, it's really fucking sad, man. That's the thing is, it's such a great way to paint someone who's clearly a villain. Yeah, um, clearly, clearly. But you just feel bad. Yeah, yeah. You just feel sad because this person's been through the shitter. Yeah, exactly. And on the other end comes someone who's just an awful monster. But she's also not willing. She. It's clear that she's well. But that's the other thing that's really sad too, because it's like I want to say she's not willing to see the world for what it is, but she's also being coddled as a as a fifty seventy year old woman. You know, like Max is still coddling her, you know, yes. still treating her like a child, still treating still, her like, quote unquote, protecting, protecting her. her. And it's like, is he really protecting her? No, she's I mean, she's he's essentially like really the villain in all this is Max when you think about it, because like he directed her, he married her like he's he's basically like controlled her entire life since she was a child. Yeah. And, you know, she he says that he wants to protect her from the world, but he essentially turned her into like this like uh, deluded murderer, you know, like. Who knows how that monkey died? <laughs> that monkey, I didn't mention this, but they did have a very solemn burial for, for him. the monkey. And the guy was just watching and being like, <laughs> I forgot about the monkey. What is happening? Yeah. I, I don't know the monkey. How do you think the monkey died? I don't know. It, th- it looked like it was a happy monkey. <laughs> it, died, it died how it lived. It probably, eat bananas. Yeah, eat bananas, whatever. <laughs> whatever chimpanzees eat. Yeah, know. yeah. But yeah, this movie's really good. If it's you haven't watched good. it, it's also like we've described the plot. And the lines, but it is also dripping with great acting, great, great Camera cinematography. Work. Yeah, for the time, especially. Yeah, especially for the time. Yeah, like Citizen Kane style. Like, wow, this is really inventing a lot of shots that you see a lot nowadays later that are uh, collectively thought of as very good, <laughs> very high art. Yes, it's um, so good, it's and really good. I think the thing I love about it the most is. Okay, the thing I hated about it was Gillis and Betty. I yes. thought that was awful. But the thing I love about the most is like there is. It's a small enough part you can look over. Yeah. You can look past it. There is a sense of tenderness to almost every character in the movie. Yeah. Like, and this is something I really liked about Some Like It Hot as well. Like, every character feels real. Like, even if they are malicious and bad, there is a sense that the writer isn't painting them as just this awful, terrible person who is doing things because mm-hmm. they're evil. You know, there is a sense of sadness to a lot of villains. So, And, like, I really like the New Year's scene where he goes to the friend's house because it just feels like a community of people just trying to get by. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, just everyone else is like, he, you know, his friend is not some big name, big name, big Director, shot. Director, writer, or whatever. He's just, oh, shoot, I don't remember his exact title, but it is something along the lines of, like, assistant to the director i think you're right something like that like he's very he's very maybe he does like second unit or something yeah second unit like side director or something like that yeah yeah yeah. like very you know everyone's just kind of trying to get by on the kind of the lower rungs while you have the old hollywood elites controlling everything honestly it's kind of interesting because you do have cecil b demille still there just directing movies you know and it's like yeah he's played as like sympathetic but like clearly in this world somebody like demille can continue to work in the industry well, yeah, norma also, can't well he's also talented uh, he's talented and also behind the scenes which yeah it doesn't true. you can work forever that's behind true. the scenes that's it true. doesn't matter yeah norma can't yeah, yeah. uh 
Clint Eastwood's still working behind the scenes. He's like, he's like, <laughs> years old, so. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be. Probably shouldn't, but, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, guys, I'd recommend. I mean, uh, uh, this is a hot take. I think Sunset Boulevard is oh, really good. I think it holds up. <laughs> I think it holds up pretty well. Pretty damn good. Yep. Uh, do you guys have any other uh, classic films that perhaps maybe we haven't checked out? Clearly, I mean, we hadn't seen uh, Sunset Boulevard until now, so maybe there's other movies that we haven't seen. I love seeing old movies Me too. that just like put the pieces of pop culture together in your mind. You're like, Same. oh, okay. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. So please recommend more of these. Email us and email at theotherfpodcast.com or can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you liked this episode and you want to listen to previous ones, you can find them on any podcatching app. And while you're there, please, for the love of God, leave a five-star rating and review. And if you do, we'll read out on the show, no matter what it says, uh, even if it is, uh, an untitled uh, romantic comedy. Yes. Yes. Sure. We'll do it. Fine. Untitled yeah. romantic comedy is most of them probably. <laughs> most reviews and on then a, and then a podcast. Higher up production person is like, uh, why don't we make it a musical? <laughs> All girls softball. How about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds what good. a weird idea. Like it started out as a softball picture, and now it's about a teacher. You know, like yeah. it just went through all these different things. I guess that's probably. I guess that's probably how scripts were written. I mean, there was. A, ours, there, so. I was gonna say there was a joke where he's like, "I wrote. Uh, I wrote about uh, farmers in Oklahoma, and it was really weird seeing it all happen in a submarine." <laughs> I do like that though. That feels very real. Yeah. Well, good night, everybody. Yeah.